0: Good morning, and thanks for having us. We're, uh, we're thrilled with uh, having a partner like Three Crosses Church and, and the tremendous support, prayer support as well. And God is really stirring the nation of Cuba. I've, I spoke a little bit about it. Uh, but how do you change a nation for God? You know what the missionary mantra is? The missionary mantra is where He leads me, I will follow. What He feeds me, I will swallow. Okay? So that means eating a lot of strange food and, and hanging out with a lot of strange people. And uh, we just had one of them speak this, uh, just a minute ago. And I get to hang out with them for uh, most of 10 days, so that'll be fun. But, um, you know, when I, I told the Lord when he called us to Cuba, which was 24 years ago. We were missionaries in Peru, and as we were leaving Peru, in fact... Gabriela doesn't know this, but she's going to be our main translator for this trip, so we're going to have a great time. <laughs> That's easy. Forget your English. You're not going to need it. Um, but anyway, when uh, I told the Lord, you know, Lord, if you open the door, I'll step in. But I'm not going to push through a door. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to force my agenda on the Cuban people. And so we had no idea what that meant. But a big part of what that meant was that... Uh, when he opened areas of ministry that those. we would engage in it and so uh, Michelle and I we uh, we felt a real yearning about being engaged in Cuba and about 8 years ago mm-hmm. this is this is a cuban flag how many are puerto rican here very close yeah. <laughs> isn't it very close all right amen <laughs> so but uh they, they say that Puerto Rican is just good Cuban Spanish. So anyway, uh, <laughs> unless you're from Cuba. But I had, a, I had a group. I was down in our, our partner ministry in the States. is called Christian Family Life. And they came out of Joe Gibbs Racing. Any NASCAR fans? All right. Okay. Uh, go Toyota. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I was invited down to meet this couple to speak at Gibbs Racing. And this, uh, the vice president is a man by the name of Don Meredith. And he had developed these materials. Christian, solid Christian guy, but he, he knew how to be a Christian. He just didn't know how to do marriage. Really struggling in his own marriage. Because on his honeymoon, his wife couldn't get him out of the armchair watching NFL, and that's going to be a plague that's hitting this weekend, I believe. Go Raiders. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, long story short, we, they came in and they said, we feel God wants to do marriage ministry in Cuba. I said, well, is it needed? I said, why don't you come with me and let's find out. Say that so I went out to, and uh, I met with the second largest denomination in Cuba, which is the Eastern Baptists. And I asked them, what's your greatest need? If I could bring a resource into the country that would help you, what area do you need help in? Marriage. 75% of our marriages end in divorce. And I said, do you have any people involved in marriage? Well, we can't afford, we can't afford to dedicate our pastors just to marriage. We have no resources. We have, we have no teaching or very little teaching on it. Can you help us with marriage? So I brought the couple in, this couple, Don and Sally Meredith, who is this fellow right here. And I said, "Don, share your heart with them." And he shared that out on, how on his honeymoon, his wife Sally was just crying her eyes out, because her husband didn't want to spend time with her when there was any sport on TV. And so he realized, I love the Lord, I want to follow Christ, I love sports too, I just don't know how to do marriage. And so out of that came, you know, God works through brokenness. Out of that came a great brokenness where his heart broke, wanting to meet the needs of his wife but not knowing how, and the result was a marriage manual called Two Becoming One. So, when I went into Cuba, he started to share about his honeymoon and the brokenness he went through, and he started to cry. And everybody was quiet. The whole Baptist executive, there were seven other Baptist leaders in that room, they just sat there quiet. And then he sat down and he said, We just, we're here. We, we don't know what we have to offer, but we, our marriage was a disaster, and we finally got it together and, and we're learning little by little how to do marriage, and we felt this might be an area of need here in Cuba. And the result of that was this booklet here and, uh, and what God's doing. And the Cuban leadership, the president of the Eastern Baptist said, Darío, he says, when you came to Cuba, we thought because you've been working so long with us, that you were going to invite Americans with their perfect marriage to come in and tell us poor Cubans who are going through accelerated divorce, 75%, how we too can have perfect marriages. But when we hear his testimony and see his tears, that's the kind of ministry we want in Cuba. And we started just doing these marriage conferences, and I'm going to let Michelle take over from here. But we just started with the first one. We print the manuals in Cuba. It took a year to translate the materials, excellent materials. We print the manuals in Cuba, solidly biblically based. We make them available to the pastors, and they use them for home group Bible studies, even way up into the mountains. And they put on seminars. We have a a team, and Michelle will tell you, we we support uh, Cuban couples, and they carry on the ministry, whether we're in the country or not. More when we come in, we kind of blow in, blow up, and blow out. But they're there, and they, they do the counseling. Now they're developing pre-marriage counseling manuals because they realize one of the greatest needs, one of the greatest crises in Cuba is help in their marriages. Michelle?
1: Well, okay. So, yeah, as lo- um, alongside of those manuals and... Um, those teachings, we bring wedding dresses. Uh, my kids call them Daddy's Dresses, and uh, his d- dress collection comes in every year. <laughs> I, I try <laughs> each of them on, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we bring in quite a few wedding dresses, <clears throat> and uh, down here I think we're given somebody three, from the Three
0: Crosses Church. I don't know if the individual's here, but Three Crosses, this year, earlier this year,
1: closed the door of their store. Sent,
0: yeah. They, they committed a 100 wedding dresses for Cuba that will be used 10, 15, 20 times in a year in a community, Christian and non-Christian, to reaffirm the sanctity of marriage in a country whose marriages are destroyed.
1: Yeah, so uh, we bring them in, and what happens is um, the teaching goes, but at the end of the teaching... We have a few people dry on the dresses, and as many as dresses we have, we dress up the women. Some of them have never, ever worn, most of them have never worn a white wedding dress, which is every woman's dream, you know? And so a lot of them have been married for years and years, but they've got just a beaming smile. Their husbands are thrilled as they walk down to the um, wedding march, um, down to the front. Everybody grabs their wife, not grabbed like that, but you know, nicely. not, um, <clears throat> but, uh, they all come down and they do their vows again. And the whole church is full of couples that are recommitting their lives. And, uh, it's a beautiful thing. And, uh, those dresses then go to churches that, um, sometimes they're out in the middle of nowhere and they've never had that. So we try and get a few dresses, at least two into those remote, remote places, one big, one small, or one medium. <clears throat> and, uh, One of those areas, what did you say, the very first two years? We were were
0: up, way up in the mountains in eastern Cuba, a a really isolated place. Again, these are some of the dresses that were brought in. And I left them with two dresses. Those two dresses in the first year were used 20 times in that community. Because it's, and and people come to the church to borrow the wedding dresses. So it's such a great, and you know, we're we're in a day and an age in which I've heard that there are brides that have a wedding trash, a dress trashing party, so they can destroy their wedding dresses. What a, what a, what a loss. What a, what a horrible thing to do.
1: Well, <clears throat> that's our culture. But uh, if you have wedding dresses, they're always greatly used down here, and it's something that we can do the practical side of the ministry. Um, also, we bring in um, things like... Uh, Tons of stuff, what, like toothpaste and toothbrushes and mm-hmm. uh, toiletries perfume perfumes so shavers for the men, uh, for the women, too. Um, we bring in practical side of the ministry, so to bless people, and then clothes sometimes, uh, shoes. So whatever God's given us to bless. And, and grad bless. dresses,
0: because the greatest event in a, a Latina's life, a Latin American girl, Outside of her wedding, it's her quinceanera. That's where a beautiful young woman, a girl, becomes a woman and is celebrated for being a woman. And they dress up. They have pictures taken. It's a huge event. So we take in a lot of grad dresses and just leave them with the church, and they use them for their quinceaneras.
1: Yeah. Uh, You Latinas in Latinos in that culture, you know that – it doesn't matter how poverty poor a home can be, you always dress your finest to go out. You always are clean and ready. You'd never know that that person came out of that dirt floor home or that little shack because they, but if you don't have anything, it's a quite, it, they wear their things again and again. We've been able to um, bless pastors that have no shoes with a pair of shoes and they're they walk all over Cuba doing their ministry. So we've been able to, uh, yeah, there's some of the stuff that we bless the churches with as we go in. So we just make sure that the bags are packed. Daryl always says, one, you can bring one bag, the other bag's mine. And you, you just fill his bag, Cuban bag, full of stuff. And you roll and you fit. So there's nothing that is not
0: used. So part of, part of our conferences is we celebrate Christ. And we have a worship conference. We start it with worship, and then we break the couples. We have breakout sessions where the couples break out and they oh. talk. They talk about their uh, yeah. We've we've kind of gone from the front to the back, and, and we're going backwards again. So, uh, but uh, we have a, a celebration service, and then we do a teaching time where there's breakout sessions where they can discuss areas of crises in their own relationship. And we had I had. Uh, uh, one of our marriage leaders was a man who, as a young man, was an alcoholic, a brawler. He left his wife and his five-year-old um, daughter and uh, just left her, and he, he committed his life to, to living the wildlife. And he hadn't seen his wife. No, he left her. His son was seven, or her daughter was seven when he left. He never saw her for five years. In that time, his brother, a pastor, led him to the Lord, and he, re- he returned back, and he decided, God, his brother says, you've got to make peace with your wife. You know, and he says, well, she, she'll be married by now. You know, my daughter will be the daughter of another man by now. He says, still, you've got to make peace with her. You've got to go back. So he went back, sought out his wife, w- was in Las Tunas in, in uh, central Cuba, and went to the door of her parents, knocked on the door, and he said, uh, I want to see if uh, Graciela is here. I need to talk to her. I need to ask for her forgiveness. And where, where is she living now? And is she married? And she said, well, why don't you talk to her? So she, she had been living with her parents, came out, long story short. He asked forgiveness, and he said, I have something to share with you. I've, and she says, well, I have something to share with you, too. They had both met Christ. She was praying for him to return for those seven years. What he didn't know, she said, would you like to meet your daughter? And he said, I would. This is after five years. And would you like to meet your son? He says, I don't have a son. She said, when you left me, I was pregnant. You have a son, and he's five years old. They reunited, and now he's one of our, they're some of our mentoring couples who are leading discussions and teaching in the marriage ministry. Mm-hmm. And God opened that door, and God's opening other doors in Cuba.
1: Should I do the abuse part?
0: You, you, can, you okay. can. You can can. Uh, Skip talk. to that? What's that?
1: Skip to that? Okay, I'll do my own thing. Um... <laughs> Uh, so, this year in February, a girlfriend of mine, one of the, the uh, people that were on this from our team in Havana, and she said, Michelle, I know your sister is a therapist. Um, she does abuse, um, she specializes in domestic violence. So, she said, Is there any way you can get some material for me? Anything? We don't have anything in this area I have to go and speak to. This is a real need. So I, it's not my area, it's my sister's, and she just graduated and uh, went through all that. So um, I emailed her. This all happened in a period of answering the email and thinking I better get on it because she told me it's happening in two weeks. So I, um, or one week, one week it was. It was like, how the heck am I going to get any material for her in Spanish? So I um, got hold of my sister. My sister said, I'm too busy here is the number for end abuse in uh, Canada. So I, f- I did this long, long email and sent it to Elsie Gertzen. And she works for the Men- uh, S- uh, Central Mennonite, uh, Mennonite, Mennonite Central, Central Committee. Committee, yes. And um, she said, uh, just hang on there for a bit. Um, she said to me, um, she wrote back and. Okay, first of all, I had said to her who we are, because a lot of people ask for stuff, but I said, now, it's going to be a miracle if you give us the rights. You have to give us the right to be able to use its material. There's no copyright. We can't, we can't you know, the right to copy is... A copyright is the right to copy in Cuba. It's gone. It's, it's the countries, right? And the a second miracle would be that you would have it in PDF form, in Spanish. You can't bring it in English. And the third thing is that you'd give it to me right away so I could see if it got into the country. The fourth thing was that it would actually get there because, you know, it just doesn't get there. They check all the mail. So <clears throat> 20 minutes later, I checked my email. There is a response from Elsie, and she says, knock yourself out. I'm happy to give you the permission and the rights. Right there at my heart, I just realized there was a moment in history which is um, God was doing something. It was beyond me. This is not my area. It's nothing. God does that with me all the time. Puts me in areas that I'm the weakest and he shows up because it's his party, not mine. And then you know it's from God, not me pushing it. So I just went, I was in kind of a surreal time. The same little couple days, Daryl says, some big supporters of ours in Canada, uh, they're on our board. Their daughter runs... A, oh, sorry about that. I was going to tell you that not this book. This is, yes, no, 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 the brown one, the brown book. That's what came first. So that was, yes, this is um, the abuse book that uh, she, he, she sent me, PDF form, and the next pamphlet as well. So I got those two things, sent them in. That night, my girlfriend says, got them. And so she was able to use them, and they're, they're printed. We sent funds in, and we had them printed in the west of the country and now the east in the country too. Um, then, so hmm, see where what's the next part of this story?
0: Well, you didn't think it would be uh, would arrive in time, and also when you did go to Cuba, they said, well, we don't have a problem with abuse in Cuba. Oh
1: yeah, one of the women said to me, oh that's I said, well, you know I'm sure you have problems with abuse here. And, oh no, that's a Western thing. That is that's a North American thing. We don't have that here. She was a woman pastor, very vocal. That weekend, we were with her, with this group, and I was very respectful as I said, you know, I said, I just want you to put it out there that possibly there is a problem. We can all say that domestic abuse happens. Okay. There, finally, everybody said yes. Yes. But then there's psychological abuse. And then I talked about the psychological abuse very respectfully. Then I went through all the abuses right down to spiritual abuse. Well, I'll tell you, the buzz that that created and the women, one after another after another of women stood up. This is April. So this is February. I sent it in March, April. We're in the country. I'm giving a preliminary to it. I felt like a... Forrest Gump moment, you know, where he's standing behind the president, you know, just like, I just thought, here I am, I have nothing to do with this, but here I am in a time of history where this has never been dealt with at this level, and there was superintendents of denominations, there was pastors, there was, um, I was speaking to people up in the, the higher echelons of the community that were in the medical field. and I mean, you know, talk about dumb and dumber standing behind here, right? But I just presented the book. That's all I did, and I read what it was. That's the hat for Oh, just a minute. Hang on there for a second. It's not me. It's the hat we're looking at, okay? But um, anyway, so... Uh, see, I get, keep getting thrown off. So, um, testimony after testimony after testimony of women that a share their abuse, and that God was faithful, just one after another. So, going back a bit, before we left for that trip, um, that friend of ours, daughter-in-law, has this company. It's called She Is, and it's from Proverbs 31. 25, 25 yeah, 31, 25, and it's She Is, and she is strong. She is strong strong. And so it's in French, a lot of the stuff, but it's close to Spanish, very similar, and it's got the scriptures on. Now sh- these are seconds of uh, hats and um, shirts, but I thought what a beautiful thing. We got 40 or 45 of them given to us, and I thought that's where this is going to go, to this uh, abuse conference. Um, yes, that's in French, but it's still very similar to Spanish, isn't it? And uh, it's a beautiful uh, Proverbs thirty one twenty five. So we're taking that the same time. We've got those things to take, in. then I have my sister who wants to come in. Bring. Uh, she's going to speak on domestic violence. Her her uh, partner is a sex therapist. She's coming in. Um, we have a massage therapist that prays over. She's a Christian. That pray, that's her ministry. She prays from the top of your head to the tip of your toes. She's coming in. Um, we have a, um, a cranial sacral person. She's a beautiful Christian woman, and she's, she, she parades over you, too. And so we are having a real holistic, uh, beautiful team going in for this.
0: <clears throat> Our whole, uh, uh, the, Again, uh, I mentioned at the beginning that God, if you open the door, we'll step in. I had no desire, or we had no desire, to be involved in an abuse uh, seminar or in counseling, it came out of their desperation, their need, their request. And sometimes if I'm not willing to step in, Michelle's willing to step in. This, is, this was her baby. And so we began to pray about it. Lord, what do you want us to do? The material started pouring in. These materials, uh, the guy wearing this isn't that strong. But, uh, and again, we just said, well, how are we going to use these? And we realized, you know what? It's not for us. It's for those women that are attending the conference that need to have affirmed to them that in Christ we are strong, mm-hmm. and then the the human uh, materials. Yeah, I, some that was guys, the end of
1: the conference. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, but and so Michelle, as she, as she's praying, God begins to bring to her all these human resources as she's mentioning, and, yeah. and so
1: so that created equal book. I, I wrote after this conference. I wrote to. To Elsie Gertz, and I'd never met her, but it was just like, blah, 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 blah. get all excited, and I wrote to her and told her the outcome and how well it was received. She just happened to find another PDF of Created Equal. And so that, Daryl's bringing in um, on our next trip. And thank you so much for doing the slides. I just threw them out him, and he's <laughs> going with it. <laughs> Thanks.
0: So again, what, what our desire is I have couples working in healing the family. Our focus is on healing the family and putting the resources into the hands of the Cubans because they have their own distinctive cultural um, particularities just as every culture has their own. Uh, And so we said, these are your materials. They're not ours. These are your materials. You use them. If you need to make adjustments, you adjust it to your culture, to your situation. And then what we do is I hire Cubans... Couples who engage in the in the ministry, and one of the couples that we're involved in, she's a uh, she's a therapist, and she's already doing this area, but had no materials working in the area of domestic abuse, and uh, she's a psychologist in Cuba. In fact, many of our pastors are architects, engineers, psychologists, because six over sixty percent of our church planters that I mentioned in the morning service are people who are, are, uh, have left their careers in order to uh, follow God's, uh, God's call upon their lives. So God's just bringing the resources in a way that we could never have done. And he's opening up doors, not to just one denomination or another, but to many denominations. And as Michelle was sharing with that woman pastor, she broke down because she said, yeah, yeah, we have this problem in our country.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, just to... Um go to those slides where the, the woman's up there praying, those uh, few at the end there. Um, so the end of the conference, I I just gave the book. I, I was preparing all sorts of things, and I thought the simplest and the easiest, because this is a, a subject matter, I have never heard anybody deal with and ever in the country. It's very sensitive. So I just read out of the book and what it was and, and gave a few examples, and it was well-received. So... Um, then a woman got up she 's high up in the medical field she does um, she 's a sex therapist actually is what she is um, not him not,
0: not that <laughs> i I do have a feminine side, but that 's not it.
1: He was speaking to the men um, so and I was a little ticked at first because I thought the men, men have to hear this too to buy it, but in this culture, it was really important. I give it to the women because the women sometimes we don't believe it. And if we don't believe it, men aren't going to believe it. And you have to be, uh, to support a pastor, that woman has to believe, that pastor's wife needs to believe that there is a problem and want to help other women. We're, we're our worst enemies sometimes. Um, do you have the picture where she's uh, standing up and then everybody's toward the end? Anyways, she, she stood up. She was preaching by the end. I, had, I took a video. It's in Spanish, though. But uh, my hands were shaking because I'm just going, oh, my gosh. There was just such a beautiful reception um, to this word and to this subject matter. And I realized it was God's time. It's, it's, not that no, one.
0: No,
1: it's not, it's not on it. <laughs> it's that. not on it? Okay. It's, it's later. So anyways, she people were all, she led the the service. Uh, in service. She led the prayer at the end. And everybody was just prostrate, prostrate on the ground and uh, and uh, just repenting and praying for Cuba in this, in this, at this time, because it's a, it's, this marks a special, special time. And this subject matter, I feel the reverence of the subject matter, and it has to be dealt with well. So it's um, one of those things.
0: And part of, part of taking a nation for God is you need to start at the foundation. When the foundation's destroyed, you can't build on it. And so when the Baptists said, one of our greatest needs is for our own marriages because many of our pastors have been divorced before they became Christians. And so we don't, we don't know how to s- establish a strong foundation for our church and for the nation. So can you help us? And so we just basically we link them up. And in this whole area of healing the nation and healing the, fam- healing the families, God's brought along the resources and the resource people to help us to be able to touch the nation. But, uh, so thank you for your support and your help, and uh, we'll, we'll field any questions you have in, uh, about Cuba or about this area of marriage in Cuba. And again, the four, I'll just end by saying there's four areas that attack Cuba. One, uh, machismo. I'm a man, and that's, and that's that, and it's not up for discussion. And I, I lead this family, and uh, you better get in line. That has to be dispelled. The Latino machismo is works against strong marriages. The second area is in Cuba. um, There's no homes for young families to live in. When a couple's married, they move in with her parents or with his parents. And it's been my experience that there's only one queen in a castle. Some of those mothers are a little tough to deal with, and those mother-in-laws even tougher. And uh, so because every man, every young couple need their space. So how's it working with James and his wife uh, living with you and (laughs) Tracy? So so every woman needs her space and her husband needs his space because they got to work things out. You know, sometimes it only takes 25 or 30 years to work them out. Sometimes it takes longer. But you need your space. And so that works against it too. So uh, no housing. Third is they've sent over 30,000 medical doctors out of the country. The medical doctors make double their pay, which can be up to between $75 and $100 a month because they make somewhere between $40 if they're a GP and up to $50 a month if they're a specialist. But their family gets that wage when they leave and they have to sign a contract for two to five years that they're gone. They come home one month a year. Well... As a a medical doctor, if you're away 11 months on your own with no companionship, guess what? You begin to look around the culture around you. And so many marriages are destroyed when these husbands leave just to make enough money to come back to buy a house or a car. That's the third thing working against marriages. And also the communist system itself encourages promiscuity. And so those are the four attacks on Cuban marriage and on the foundation for the church so that's why we feel it's so critical so important to be involved in healing the nation through marriages so if you have any questions uh again this is our american team and you saw a bunch of guys wearing yellow shirts that's our cuban team they work in season and out teaching and doing training and teaching on uh christian marriage any questions todd the thawing of relations between Cuba and America. It's a good thing and a bad thing. It's a good thing because there's such desperation in the country. But it's a bad thing in that well-meaning Christians are going to pour into Cuba, throw money, and then not get accountability and disappear. And what will happen is they'll exchange God's. They'll exchange uh, the need for a relationship with Jesus Christ for stuff. And suddenly they'll have the ability to buy a car and to buy all these things for their kids and their grandkids. Uh, case in point, I, I was in a, a leader's house, and um, he was one of the primary leaders of the Pentecostal movement in Cuba. This pastor, uh, these f- five good old boys from, uh, and I'm not disparaging um, um, Illinois or, or uh, that area of the states but these guys were down there I said hey what are you guys doing here well we're here to teach the Cubans how to plant churches I said really how many churches have you planted well I haven't planted any well how about him well he hasn't planted any I said have any of you planted a church yeah Bob there he's planted a church he's he started a church about five years ago and it's still growing I said that's great I said so what are you doing well we're going to teach the Cubans how to plant churches I said, I, you know, I said, that's, that's awesome. Did you bring any resources down? Yeah, we brought some Bibles. We brought some materials. I said, fantastic. I said, but I think you're going to find that all those pastors attending your conference, most of them have planted two to three churches themselves. They know how to do it, but they're desperate for the materials. Then I went to that leader, and I said, why do you allow these guys to come in your country and lift themselves up and engage in areas that you know way better than them how to do it he says because we need whatever resources they can provide for us so that's again uh once that comes in these guys coming in and yeah we're going to teach cubans how to plant churches hello so any other questions It's one of the greatest needs over the years uh, with the organization I used to work with and with myself we had a Cuban celebration in, lo- in which the whole island was open to 26 Crusades in major cities at that time we provided half a million New Testaments half a million Gospels of John and half a million children's materials but that's a rarity if there was if they sold Bibles in Cuba today there would be a lineup miles long to buy a Bible. I've just been working for two years trying to get Bibles in. We're sending 16,500 Bibles in, but the Southern Baptists are also sending Bibles in. We will be part of a, uh, of a joint effort with a number of pastors in the Houston area, and together we're going to send in over 90,000 Bibles. And But the thing is, they won't go out right away, and... and Some of those Bibles, because the Cuban Bible Commission, which is a communist entity, the Cuban Bible Commission will sell some of those Bibles. So we're providing them for free. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go in and I'm going to buy those Bibles that I've already provided for a buck each, and then we can give them out to the people we really want to have them. So I I don't know if that...
1: Yeah, they have cell phones. Um,
0: <coughs> they just don't have internet access. Yeah,
1: they don't have internet access. The r- rich ones, like th- those that are getting help from family abroad here, they can get on, I think it's like $5. Yeah,
0: it, was, it's, it used to be $12 an hour, now it's gone down to four fifty dollars an hour. But when you're making $25 a month, it's, you don't have the money.
1: Yeah, you can't, you know, to play whatever. That'll change.
0: <laughs> That'll change.
1: No, yeah, there's no access. And, and that's
0: a, what's, there's a, a group out of Canada called uh, uh, Global University. What they did is they sent in a bunch of Kindles full of a whole course, uh, 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 a Bible college course, like a two-year course. The problem was that they didn't ha- have access to books that weren't on that Kindle, so and they didn't have it, a way to test them. So it was a real struggle, and when the authorities came across the kindles, they confiscated them. So, I mean, we've, we've tried that way. Uh, Mark brought in uh, a whole bunch of uh, proclaimers where they had messages, Charles Stanley messages and other messages with the whole Bible, and those were fantastic. I mean, for the pastors in the, in the mountains that don't even have radio access, that was such a gift because it's solar run.